up? It's the rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Friday, August 26th, the day before the biggest fantasy football draft day of the year. Man, I am so fired up for this weekend. A league that began it all for me, by the way. Uh, my long-running home league. If I was never in that league, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. So shout out to all my league mates there for making this all possible. Uh, but anyway, we're going to close out the team preview series today. Tennessee Titans and the Washington football team. couple interesting players whose stock is trending down. Draylon Burks, Antonio Gibson for both of those teams. So we'll talk about them and more coming up shortly. Uh, but remember, ftnfantasy.com to set you up for your fantasy football drafts. You can get my draft board, the sheet of paper that I will be using on draft day. And I have been using in my draft days. You get that there in our cheat sheets, all sorts of different cheat sheets for you. Updated rankings, projections, all the goods for this weekend for your fantasy football drafts. And then it just spills into the season as well. You get the weekly rankings and projections. You get waiver wire recommendations from yours truly. You get the rest of all the stuff from our staff. And I recommend the Platinum subscription. That way you get access to in-season league sync. You get access to the Discord. Man, Discord's been bumping. People have been asking me questions left and right. And, uh, well, you get my undivided attention in there. Unlike on Twitter where things kind of, you know, fall by the wayside, not in Discord. I answer every question, man. That's part of the white glove service. So that's the Platinum subscription. You also get access to our tools. Promo code RATPACK, R-A-T-P-A-C-K, 20% off. Also, do have a little special contest that uh, we're going to run here uh, for the podcast. Uh, if you review the show on Apple Podcasts, rate it, review it, leave your Twitter handle in the review, I will hook it up with a platinum subscription to ftnfantasy.com. Uh, we'll break that down. We'll get you a winner next week. So you got about a week to do it. Uh, so hook it up, go review the show, and then uh, we will uh, pick a winner as long as you put your Twitter handle in there. Uh, in that review. All right, so let's dive into it. Uh, we'll start with the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans made a big move. They traded away A.J. Brown in the NFL draft. And by the way, I already talked about him in Philly, so you can go back to that podcast if you didn't already listen to it. But they traded him away. And you might ask, well, why would they have done that? Well, they had a contract issue. This class of wideouts, and we've seen some of these guys getting paid. Debo, DK. Even McLaurin and, to a lesser extent, McLaurin and, and Deontay Johnson. But they were going to have an issue with A.J. Brown. They were going to have to pay him a buttload, and that is a technical term. And they weren't willing to pay him a buttload. So what do you do? I mean, you get something for him. And in this case, they got a first-round pick. 18th overall was part of that deal, which they did use on Traylon Burks. Now, Heading into the draft, Traylon Burks, which all this analysis is in the Rookie Fantasy Scouting Guide at FTNFantasy.com. Traylon Burks was one of my favorites in this class. If you watched him last year or just over the course of his college career at Arkansas, he was kind of like a bigger Debo Samuel or like he was like an A.J. Brown in a lot of ways, like very similar size profile to A.J. Brown can play all over the field, an offensive weapon, you know, kind of a, you know, movable chess piece, not in the conventional sense of like a Tyreek Hill or Debo, but still like a bigger version of that. And, I mean, the reports just have not been good. 
I mean, what can I say? I would love to just go down with this ship, but here's what I'm gonna. Here's what I'll tell you. In the offseason, asthma, not playing well, okay. I'll take that for what it is. Last year, remember, there were offseason negative reports about Jamar Chase that ended up not being worth anything. But then in the preseason, he has not been working with the ones. Like Nick Westbrook-Akina is ahead of him, which is not a good story. He's now banged up with an injury. So to start the season out, if you draft Traylon Burks, by the way, he's still going in like the ninth round, eighth, eighth round. If you draft him, you're probably not going to get anything out of him. But I don't want to sit here and just say, well, the book's written, he's a bust. Because football hasn't even started yet. So I don't know if we can go that far. But by the same token, if you draft him expecting something early in the season, no, you're probably not going to get it. I'd be very surprised. With that being said, by the end of the season, if we start to see him emerge a little bit, that's not going to surprise me as well. So like, what I've basically been doing is I've been fading him in redraft, and I actually tossed a couple low ball offers out there in Dynasty. Like, you know, Dynasty rookie drafts, some of them may even happen fairly recently. But, you know, even if you go back to like mid-May, it's not that long ago. So whoever drafted them, usually they're not going to take a low ball offer. But maybe they're panicking. You know, maybe they're panicking because I'll still scoop his rear end up. I'm not writing the book on, on Traylon Burks just yet. But as of now, heading into the season, it looks like Robert Woods will be the number one receiver to start. And then you'll have Westbrook Aquina and rookie Kyle Phillips out there. Now, none of these guys are appealing for fantasy redraft. Kyle Phillips is definitely appealing for dynasty, though. Like, if you've ever watched Kyle Phillips play, and if you haven't, go just like go YouTube and like I don't care if you're looking at highlights for this sort of thing. Like, if you actually want to evaluate a player, don't just look at highlights, but just go look, even if it's highlights. I will tell you what he looks like to me, and maybe you'll see the same thing. He looks like a slightly slower version of, of Julian Edelman. That, like, that's what he looks like. It would not surprise me at all if you interviewed him and Kyle Phillips goes, yeah, growing up, Julian Edelman was my favorite player. Like, it would not surprise me because that's the way he plays the game. And, and um, he's a baller, man, out of UCLA, and he's worked his way in. He may be a first stringer from the gate as the slot receiver. But, again, not much fantasy appeal here because this offense really revolves around one player and of course that's Derrick Henry so let me talk about Henry in a minute uh let me also just move over to tight end really quickly so Austin Hooper is there I think we kind of know what we're going to get with Austin Hooper if it's tight end two numbers like that's great but it's probably borderline tight end two and that means we don't want him for fantasy purposes like if you're lucky enough to have him the one uh, the what three weeks he scores touchdowns Good, but good luck predicting them. Um, Chigakonkwo, uh, he's interesting. Chigakonkwo gives me Quincy and Nunwa vibes. Like he's a tight end, but he's slightly smaller, very athletic, almost like he could play slot receiver at some point, but not at least in the short term. But keep an eye on Chigakonkwo for dynasty purposes. Anyway, um, yeah, let's talk about Derrick Henry. So. Through the first eight weeks of the season last year, Derrick Henry was absolutely dominant. If you had him, I, I mean, I know like people were clearing off the spot on their mantle for the trophy, for the league trophy. They were already victory lapping their league. It looked like Derrick Henry was going to steamroll you your way to a fantasy championship. And then, of course, it all came crashing down with the injury. Uh, but what, what's fascinating about him is like he's not going to catch much 
out of the backfield, right? What is Derrick Henry going to have? A catch a game, right? He'll have 16, 17, 18 catches on the season. If we're lucky, maybe it's like 22. Uh, but he doesn't need that to be a dominant fantasy factor regardless of your format. Like, this isn't, oh, well, you know, he's only good in uh, non-PPR. No, he touches the ball enough in the run game that it doesn't matter even if you're PPR. Now, do you want to risk it with a 29-year-old who's coming off a major injury? That's another story entirely. I still think as a mid-first-round pick, he's fine. You just need to make sure you handcuff him. There's a little bit of confusion out there as to who the handcuff is because Dontrell Hilliard has gotten a lot of praise for how he has played in the in training camp and in the preseason. Will Hilliard be the early down back, though, if something happened to Derrick Henry? Because he wasn't last year. It was Deontay Foreman. Now, Deontay Foreman is gone, right? He's in Carolina. Guess what they did? They drafted another big back, 6'2", 230, in Hassan Haskins out of Michigan. So I'm still hesitant to say, oh, yeah, it's just Hilliard. I don't know if Hilliard's role changes if Derrick Henry goes down. So I've actually still been cuffing with Hassan Haskins if I'm drafting Derrick Henry. All right, Ryan Tannehill is there. He is uh, boring, a boring quarterback too. I mean, I don't expect much firepower in the passing game. He's a decent enough running quarterback that he adds a little bit extra with his legs, but he's outside of the top 20 for me. If you're going to go boring quarterback too, I'd rather go Matt Ryan, but it's not that far away. Like they're fairly close. It's just a it's just a boring option. Um, Malik Willis won't get work initially. Like there are times where Malik Willis in the preseason has shown like the, he can do some special things, and then there are other very like important details like throwing with anticipation, footwork. His footwork needs a ton of work. That it's going to take some time, but. You have him in Dynasty, sit on him for a couple years, and maybe he'll end up being a starter. Maybe he'll just end up being a long-term backup at the NFL level. Uh, We'll have to see. But being drafted in the third round obviously wasn't encouraging for him. Let's move over to Washington. Carson Wentz is in the house. Carson Wentz was like another boring quarterback, too, last year. He's got good weapons. He's got McScorin, Terry McLaurin. He has Jahan Dotson, who... I will tell you, there is a world where Jahan Dotson outproduces Terry McLaurin. Now, I'm not obviously ranking it that way. I'm not going on record saying, here's my hot take. But there is a world where that happens. Like, Don't underestimate how good Jahan Dotson is. Seriously. And unlike McLaurin, who held out in minicamp, who didn't attend OTAs, Dotson has been there all along with Carson Wentz, so that will help the cause a little bit. I, I mean, McLaurin's still a top 24 guy, but I, honestly, where he's going, I haven't been taking him. And where Dotson's going as a late-round upside guy, I have been taking him. Otherwise, you'll have Curtis Samuel there. I think we know how that works out you know, for us for fantasy purposes. And then, of course, Logan Thomas actually was activated off the active pup. That's a good story for him. The bad story, though, is we don't know if he actually will be ready for the start of the season. Sometimes these guys, they're activated off the active pup. Okay, that means they're moving in the right direction, but they're not practicing in in full. So we got to get to that point. Once we do, will he be a tight end two plus? Sure, we've seen that out of him in the past. And we do know that Carson Wentz likes to throw to those tight ends. But we got to get to that point. So as far as I'm concerned right now, Logan Thomas not draftable. But as we get, um, you know, as we get better information on him, he may be one of the, you know, tight end streamer types. 
All right, so I saved the best for last, I guess. I don't know. The backfield. Antonio Gibson, only about a month and a half ago, was going as a fourth or fifth round pick. You, you know, I've I saw him go in the fourth round frequently. Right now, I've seen him fall to like the ninth round, the tenth round. <laughs> like, I'm not joking. In a 12-team league, that's how far he has fallen. Why? Of course, you probably know the news. The way the backfield has been deployed, you know, looks like he is behind rookie Brian Robinson, rookie out of Alabama. And he is being called the team's primary kick returner. Like, you don't have your feature back as the primary kick returner. You just don't do that in the NFL because, obviously, you don't want that guy to get hurt. So, how do we unpack this? Now, I think, based on my read of the situation, there's one thing in this backfield we can say for certain. J.D. McKissick is the passing down back. Like, we know that. He went out, he signed a contract with Buffalo, or was going to sign a contract with Buffalo, and um, Washington matched the contract, so he just said, yeah, I'm staying here. Washington prioritized it enough not to let him walk, match the contract, he's going to be the passing down back. But how do things work out between Robinson and Gibson? Now, Robinson is, I mean, he's sort of like a prototype, almost throwback running back, like big dude, run between the tackles, early down guy, short yardage guy. That's his role, and he's going to see a little bit more work than we initially expected in that role. As for Gibson, at the college level, was not a running back, was more of an offensive weapon. Yes, he carried the ball out of the backfield at Memphis, but also caught the ball plenty. What he is, you know, and he's a big dude, 6'2", 225, who can move, he is a big satellite back. And if you don't know that, the old Bill Parcells phrase, right? Satellite backs are good in space. Get him the ball in space. Let him create. That's what he is best suited to. So what we could see is him in that sort of change of pace slash satellite back role where maybe he catches a little bit more out of the backfield and does a little bit less as a ball carrier. A lot more of the early down work than going to Robinson and then passing down work still going to J.D. McKissick. Guess what? That's a committee and that's a nightmare with those three. Like, we may not get any fantasy value whatsoever. That being said, I mean, if if Antonio Gibson is going after Brian Robinson in drafts, like, if you can get Antonio Gibson in the ninth or 10th round, why not? See what you have. Maybe you, maybe you hit. Because for some odd reason, there's still optimism that he's going to lead that team in backfield touches. It's a headache, though. It's a headache. You know, it's never a headache, though. Transition. Over at FTNFantasy.com. So go hit it up, promo code RATPACK for 20% off of any of our subscriptions and get those reviews in on Apple Podcasts. Review, rate, Twitter handle, and you're entered in to win a platinum subscription. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. Make sure you're following along there and use that hashtag RATPACK. That way I know you listen to this darn podcast of mine, this dopey podcast. All right, I'll catch you on Monday for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.